1: Hello everyone. Hi friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I am your co-host Michelle Maros and I am here with my mom Barb and we are thrilled to be sitting with you all to have another important life chat.
0: Hi Michelle. Hi everyone. Hi. I look forward to this day. It's been, it feels pretty heavy outside today so I think it's really going to be fun to dive into some of the topics that help us navigate life, help us be our best selves (laughs) and weather all all the
1: storms. (laughs) Weather the storms, live your best life, feel complete from the inside out. Yes. How's it going being you today? It is,
0: it is going, um, I am using all of my tools and all of my practices. I feel tired. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I got a good night's sleep. It just feels like a lot. And I don't know if any of you listening are just feeling like life is a lot right now, but it just feels like a lot. I don't I don't even know any better word to describe it. I don't feel like I can't handle what's going on. I don't feel like I want to get back in my bed and put the covers over my head Yeah, I
1: always feel that way. I
0: know you do. That's why I said it. But I just feel like it's a lot. And so I'm really keeping my head up and staying focused and being where my feet are and trying to do the things that I know that I want to do today and keep my head above water right now.
1: That's all we can do, I think.
0: Because I feel like the collective out there right now, a lot of people are feeling this way. We get so many messages lately about how, how do we navigate everything that's happening in the world, everything that's happening in life and even in our personal lives, obviously. Besides everything that's happening around us, we also have personal things that we're all dealing with. So it can be a lot. And that's why I'm really looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Yes. I think what we have in store for this week's episode, I hope and I we have the intention that it can maybe bring some levity or some lightheartedness to the difficult times that we find ourselves in. Because... As we know, life is difficult. We talk about that all the time, but it feels like there's always heaviness happening in the world around us and we can't control or predict what's going to happen. And we really can't change things that are happening in the external world. And I think in the times that we're living right right now with so much suffering and conflict and sadness, it can make us feel helpless and hopeless when. There's so much happening and feeling like, well, I can't do anything about this. And so for me, it's been very easy to kind of spiral into a down and defeated place, but that doesn't benefit anybody living in that place. And yes, we can't control obviously what happens in the external world, but there are ways to be a positive presence, even when things are challenging.
0: I love that positive presence. PP. I gave a talk yesterday to a a large group of women. And one of the things that we talked a lot about was control. Mm. And if you don't identify as a control freak or control person, I still, I do. (laughs) Control has been one of my number one uh, obstacles or actually in one of my teachers, a huge teacher for me understanding this idea of control. And what came about in this talk that I gave yesterday and with the audience, it was just so amazing is I would say 90% of our issues are about not being able to control. We don't have any control, but we don't really understand that we don't. So we allow ourselves and we really get caught up in this idea. If I just work harder, if I just push through more, if I just do this right, or if I wasn't or smarter than I than than I think that I am, all those things we were constantly saying then everything would be okay, then it would be good, then I wouldn't be so down or I wouldn't be so spiraling in this state of oh my gosh i I'm useless or I'm helpless, there's nothing that I can do, and I think where we need to put our energy is what can we control, which is exactly what you just said, Michelle, what do we have control over so I ended the talk yesterday, we were talking about all of this, but I ended it with, it's really important to understand what we can control and then take the steps there. But before we do that, we have to feel the feelings that we're feeling. We have to feel that feeling of this is heavy. The word heavy has been coming up for me a lot. It just, I feel like I've got a ton of bricks on my shoulders or that I'm, I'm needing to move, you know, mountains and, and move boulders. And so to me, life feels heavy right now because of all of the suffering that's happening in the world today. So it's really about feeling that feeling. Wow. I'm feeling sad. I've been feeling sad. I'm feeling sad. And so I can name all the things that might be making me feel sad. And then now what can I do? And so I learned this on a retreat 30 years ago.
1: Hmm.
0: And it is, it has really been a savior for me. When, when I start to feel like I'm feeling lately, It has really been my go-to and that is what can I do for someone else? Getting outside of myself once I felt my feelings and once I understand what's happening for me and I have no control, I just feel my feelings and allow my feelings to be there and not try to judge them and push them away and think that, Oh, don't feel this way, Barb. Then I, then I say, okay, what could I, what could I do? Who could I call? What could I do to make someone else's day or have some, give someone a smile. And the Buddhist meditation teacher, Thich Nhat Hanh, he went as far as to say, relieve the suffering of another human being every single day. It will Mm -hmm. change your life and it will change the world. And so I've never forgotten that. And when, when he said relieve the suffering, it didn't mean that we had to do some monumental groundbreaking thing. It just meant when you're in the grocery store, smile at the cashier. You know, or when you're driving and somebody's trying to cut in, or somebody's you know trying to trying to um, turn left and needs to move over a lane. You know, we all get so irritated. Why didn't you know that you needed to be in the left-hand lane and you were going to turn left? I mean, we get so frustrated over the things that actually just pile on. I believe, for me anyway, it just piles on to my mood of nothing is right out there. It's so cr- it's so heavy, and just allowing another person to come in, whatever that might be. We're presented with many, many things, I think, I believe every day that can help us get outside of ourselves and the, the suffering or the sadness we might be feeling that can kind of help us get outside of ourselves and do something kind or do something that will make gratitude be kind of the, the essence of the moment. Like you said, the present, our presence can be a great blessing in the moment and it shifts everything for us and the person that we're interacting with.
1: I love that and I think that that's really the crux of it all and what we want to talk about today is how we can start to kind of rise up out of the difficulty around us and to have the discernment I think to to know what we can and what we can't control and where we can be effective or where we can be helpful or you know add meaning into a situation and you know, obviously it's not going to change and solve all of the world's problems, but it can help us, excuse me, in our own micro level.
0: It just matters those little things that we think don't make a difference. I remember, it might've been Jane Goodall. I can't remember who said this, but, or maybe it was Mahatma Gandhi. What you can do every day may seem insignificant to matter, but it matters to that one that you do it. And I never forgot that either, obviously, that, that idea that we matter. And so I think it, you and know, I talk about this a lot, Michelle, on this podcast, that we have to really start looking at and becoming aware of the thoughts in the mind and what we're telling ourselves. Oh my gosh, I'm useless. Or, oh my gosh, I, I, I got to do something here. I've got to make a difference here. We're constantly having these somewhat negative thoughts that there's nothing we can do. I'm helpless, I'm useless, whatever it is. And there really are things that we can do, but it doesn't have to be on that huge macro level that you're talking about, Michelle. It, it, it just needs to be that one little minor thing that can shift everything in someone's life, as I just said, and shift what's happening for us in our own lives. And I go back to Thich Nhat Hanh again. <laughs> one of the things he talks about a lot is smiling. And I remember one time I went into the post office in Colorado years ago during the holiday season, people were <laughs> screaming at this lady so much because the line was so long and she was by herself. And it was just really a, a very oh, intense moment. And I thought I got up to the cash register and I smiled and she said, thank you hmm. before we even did anything. So it, the smile is very important. So that little smile because we can't be angry and impatient and frustrated and smile at the same time. Try it. It's a very interesting experiment to do. When you start to smile, you feel a release. You feel like, oh, I can breathe into this and all is well right now in this moment. So, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh went on to say, if we aren't able to smile, then the world won't be smiling. Then the world won't have the peace or the ease that we're all hoping for in life. And so it kind of goes hand in hand with that quote, be the change. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to feel what we're feeling and do all the things that we need to do to take care of ourselves and then be what it is that we want to see out there. Be that person that we want to see out there to make our world just a little bit better every single day.
1: Definitely. And I think what's important to remember too about this topic is I kind of view difficulties in life and, you know, different buckets, I think, or different sections. Cause I, you know, we all have our personal challenges that happen for ourselves, for our families, for our communities. And then, you know, you have the global suffering and it can be easy to get caught up in, you know, global suffering. I think a lot of us faced that during the pandemic where it was, I mean, you were, watching the news all the time and feeling so sad about all of the death and dying and feeling like, what can I do about it? And I think it's just important to remember that there is that macro and that micro and to not let yourself get caught up in some of the things that aren't within your sphere. And to know that, you know, there's things in your life that are worthy of your attention too. And if you get so bogged down by the difficulties of the world, do you have the energy to take care of your own life as well?
0: Beautifully said, Michelle. And I think that's, that is really the key, especially if you're an empath, which I know that you are. And I would say I'm, I'm,
1: a little
0: bit of all of it. Quasi, yeah, a little bit of all of it. I love that. Especially if you're an empath or it, we're not meant to be taking on other people's suffering. We're meant to stay in our own side of the street or our own shoes and our own body and our own feelings and feel what we're feeling, but don't take on the suffering of someone else. Because if you take on the suffering of someone else, actually take it on as your own is what I'm trying to say. Right. Of course, we can feel for people that are suffering and that's the compassion and the empathy that we can show. Okay, now what can I do to help relieve that suffering of that person today or that collective group of people today? But we can't actually embody the suffering. We can't. exactly. We, it's, it's just what you were saying. We cannot take on the suffering of other people because then we are feeling helpless. We are feeling useless because we are now in the same boat that they're in. Not actually, but but internally. And emotionally, so we have to take care of our emotional health and well-being. So it's very important for us too. You're right. During the pandemic, I was becoming overwhelmed with every time I would turn on the news. There's going to be another thousand people die today, or there's going to be. Another, I just for whatever reason, well, not for whatever reason, <laughs> obviously it was a pandemic. I just I was having difficulties in the in the beginning stages of this comprehending that because yeah. I was taking on the death. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this can't be happening because it was becoming too I don't know, for lack of a better word, the feelings were starting to overwhelm me. We can't have this many people die. This just can't be." And it wasn't until I thought, "Okay, Barb, what can you do?" And we were you and I were doing so many Zooms and so many workshops online with our work, and I remember going to sleep one night thinking, "You you need to rise above this. Yes, this is happening, but you have some work to do and you have some things that you can do to help. So don't take on, don't own that as your own because it's not yours. Right. I hope that makes sense because it's been really powerful for me to remember that because every day seems like a day that we have global suffering. Every day seems like a day that there's something happening in our personal lives and in our collective lives. And I think if the pandemic did teach us anything, for me, certainly, I always felt this way that we are a collective humans, like we, we can feel and take on the feelings of others, even if we don't know them and even if we don't live with them. And so I've always felt that way. But the pandemic really solidified that for me when I was going through that little phase of we can't have this many deaths. We, the government, whoever's out there doing, running everything has to figure this out. It was so weird what was happening inside of me, like there has to be an answer here. We can't sustain this to now thinking about it, that when things in the outside world are hard and difficult and tragic and just so overwhelming, we can take that on and we have to remember to take it on to the certain extent that we, that it empowers us to do our little part and not that it buries us in the sadness.
1: And I think that's the exact key of it is to stay informed and make sure that you know what's happening, but not let it bury you and have the boundaries within yourself to know what you can and can't handle. And when you need to take a break or when you need to go, you know, log off or turn off the news. I feel like during the pandemic, there was one point where I was like, okay, you need to stop because you had just the news on, on every single channel in every single room of your TV in your house. And it was, it was too much. And I think knowing yourself and your limits of, okay, now I'm just really spiraling and, and being obsessive about going deeper into the rabbit hole of despair. And like we were saying before, getting so overwhelmed and bogged down by the suffering of the world to where you're not able to participate or take any sort of action doesn't help anybody either.
0: No, it doesn't help the other person or the people or the collective, and it doesn't help you. And we have to stay, we have to use the tools and use the, just the practices that we might have available to us. And that's what I love about this podcast. You and I talk all the time and share our experiences about what works What what can we share with people that they can try? Because really we're living our own personal lives. And when times are the most difficult, we have to lean on those practices to make sure that we are doing what we can to serve ourselves. We have to serve ourselves first. And then we can go out and do the things that we need to do. So I, for me, serving myself first is acknowledging and what you said, Michelle, becoming aware. I'm going down a rabbit hole here. I need to stop and take a pause. And now what? Feel my feelings, and then what is now the next step that I can take? Even if it's just a baby little tiny step, like go for a walk around the block, or go get a glass of water, whatever it is, or go sit in my meditation chair just for a moment and just breathe, and just feeling you know my sits bones in the chair and just feeling grounded again into my body and into the moment. So I I'm I'm very excited and I'm really happy to be sharing some of the things that you and I have talked about for a long 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 time of how we can navigate the world around us and how can we, how we can show up for ourselves first and then show up for other people too mm-hmm. that
1: Definitely. gives us a
0: sense of feeling fulfilled in the midst of chaos in the midst of tragedies
1: and i think that's the piece too is knowing that i don't know waiting for the world or life to be perfect you know you'll kind of be sitting on the sidelines forever because as we've seen time after time, as years go by, there's always going to be some sort of global event that is going to bring suffering and sadness. And I think it's rather than, um, waiting for it to be over or gone, it's learning to ride those waves and having that discernment to know when to jump in and when to pause and rest and, knowing how you can be a contributor towards a solution or like you were saying, relieving of suffering in any way that you can in a way that, you know, it's like when people say, are you helping or are you hurting, Um, asking yourself how you can help.
0: One of my favorite people in the world was always Mr. Rogers.
1: Hmm. Yes.
0: And he said, when you're feeling, I'm going to paraphrase and hopefully I don't butcher it too badly. You know, when you're feeling, in this state of chaos and tragedy and despair, look for the helpers. Right. There are always helpers around that are doing something. And I I really want to emphasize that doing something means something small. Of course we can do the big, huge things that we're doing, but we don't have to. So don't put that pressure on yourself that, oh my gosh, I see all these people doing all these things and I'm not worthy enough or I'm not good enough or whatever it is that the mind is telling you every little tiny bit, every little tiny bitty action matters.
1: Yes. And I, I would go so far to say that I think the tiny actions, I mean, obviously the big movements are what shifts, you know, the tides in a massive way, but the tiny actions that we all can take are the ones that, you know, add up to those big movements. And so never discount the power and the effect of you know, small, tiny actions that are helping someone somewhere.
0: Yes. Jane Goodall did a, um, sorry, were you going to take no, a break?
1: No, go for it.
0: <laughs> Jane Goodall wrote a book after 9 11, uh, Reason for Hope. And she has a beautiful quote in the last paragraph of the book that has resonated with me for all of these years What you do makes a difference. And you decide what kind of difference you want to make. The greatest danger to our future is apathy. You cannot get through a single day without having an impact on the world around you. And I think that's so true. So please don't feel like anything that you do is insignificant. We have an impact every single day. And I think it's why the idea of smiling, just smiling in the midst of Sadness. just smiling in the midst of a heaviness that might be around, just smiling can, can alleviate a little bit of that heaviness or a little bit of that pain every single day. So I love that.
1: I love that too. And now let's take a break. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: And we're back. So that's really what we wanted to dive into is what are the little ways that we can help and be a part of the helpers and the, you know, spreading more sense of positivity, even though I feel like sometimes the word positivity gets a little bit of, um, it makes it seem just like that you're bypassing the difficulties of life. But I, I think that in these difficult times of immense suffering, there has to be a balance of, of emotions, and I find that the positivity, laughter, smiles, like you were saying, are that life raft, life raft out of you know those really turbulent seas. And I think we cannot live in that place of deep sadness and despair if we're intending to be that power uh, source of good or positive presence in the world. You know what? I think
0: of positivity as light. Can we show up with a little bit of light? And I mean light, you know, luminous, and I mean light as the, opp- as the opposite of heaviness. Like we could show up with a little bit of light. And I'm going to say this again, it doesn't have to be on a grand scale because I think that can be, oh, let me just suck it up and go. That can be a form of a bypassing. Oh, let me let me do something really big here right now and just bypass how I'm feeling. No, just really really acknowledging that we can do something small in the moment that can have a huge effect and impact on our lives and the people around us. So I think I'm, and I, and you know, I just want to say one more thing that what we're going to share with you is really about spreading kindness, levity, lightness, radiance, um, I don't know just that whole idea of just kindness. Okay, just, yeah. <laughs> just a kindness and love. And love. Cuz when we reach out in the service of another person or persons we're really sharing love. That is love and kindness coming from our hearts.
1: And I do think that we're living in a time where we all could stand to have that reminder of our humanity. Um We were just traveling this past week and we were talking to somebody and he made a comment that he felt like so many of us have lost our sense of humanity, um, our sense of caring about other people or kindness or compassion or empathy for other people. And it does kind of feel that way. I think there have been so many difficult Seasons of life that have eroded so many of us and grinded us down to a point where I think there is that level of apathy that you were saying, like Jen Goodall said, where you're just so worn down that you have guardrails around you so that you can just get through life without you don't have the energy or the capacity to care about other people because you have to just be, you know, full force, full throttle for yourself And of course, I I can understand how we've gotten to that place because the world has asked so much of us over these past, I mean, always, if you look through history, there's turbulent times always. So it's not, I remember when the pandemic started and we were like, unprecedented times. And someone said, well, yes, this particular pandemic has not happened before, but not unprecedented because generations have always had big global events that have, you know, changed the tides and brought upon suffering. And that really kind of changed my viewpoint of, yeah, this is definitely a part of life that that we're going to have challenges. And we are, a lot is asked of us. And I think so many of us are still recalibrating from the pandemic, from all of the shifts that we had to make from being isolated and separated from people that we loved, going through loss, to having grief, all of the financial hardships and just everything. When we were talking to this person we were traveling, they seemed to reiterate that yeah, the the pandemic really changed people and really wore people down to a point of we went from that kind of semblance of we're all in this together to now it's like i only have to look out for myself and it is interesting to think about and to kind of i don't know contemplate where we go from this point of um not being so just focused on our own well-being and and safety and going back getting back to that place of humanity in a balanced way because i think the pendulum swings you know you go from you know being people pleasers and extending your boundaries to taking care of people in a way that's not beneficial to all to then being like on my own nobody else matters and what is that middle point of having compassion and empathy for others and having that humanity but also taking care of yourself and how do we it's like how do we get that pendulum to just fall back into the middle.
0: That's why this conversation I think is one of my favorites because we're going to share our ways that we've discovered that have helped us of how we can start to just a little bit. I think I've said this how many times now since we started this episode, just we were, I think what Jane Goodall was talking about, we're talking about just doing one little thing, doing one little thing. And the things that we want to share with you are very small ways to help us share and show loving kindness. Because we all know that when we, when we offer one little piece of loving kindness to another person or to the collective world, we are also offering loving kindness for ourselves. We are included in that. So I like to start with the first one.
1: Well, I wanted to just say something really quickly. Is that okay? Of course. <laughs> yeah. I think going into this, list and um offering up ways there has to be a point to saying too and reiterating like we do all the time in this podcast of i really think that the f- the baseline of empathy and care and humanity is being grounded within yourself and i i feel like maybe one day we'll calculate how many times we say that per episode in this entirety of the podcast but I can see it so clearly when I see people or even within myself of when I'm stretched thin and when I'm not taking care of myself or when I'm spending too much time online watching the news or reading things or really experiencing the suffering of other people in a very intense way and then not also balancing myself out to care for myself. I am more quick to be irritable and maybe say something that I don't mean or have some sort of knee-jerk reaction or even let my mental attitude gear towards apathy. Like, who cares? It doesn't matter anyways. Nothing matters. Nothing's ever going to change, whatever. And I think that's like the first step or the first piece of this conversation is having that keen sense of awareness and knowledge of self to be like, oh, okay, I'm really letting myself go down this path. How do I bring myself back? And how do I bring myself back to some sort of whatever that looks like for you, place of centeredness and groundedness within yourself of knowing what's true and what's not, having that level of discernment, knowing what you need to do for yourself in any given moment so that you can act accordingly and not act out of that who cares it doesn't matter I'm just gonna go off the rails and do whatever I want and it doesn't matter how it affects other people because nothing matters anyways mentality and so I really feel like if nothing else if you can start to cultivate that for yourself because the rest of these things that we're going to talk about then kind of pop up and are sort of naturally occurring instances of how you can do that but if you're feeling scattered and overwhelmed and like pulled in a, bl- a million, billion directions or, you know, feel like so much is ask- being asked of you, I think the first thing we would always say for anyone is to stop and to pause and to recenter and to ground yourself and to connect with yourself and find out what's really true for you and what you can let go of that's not applicable for you.
0: I think it's why we always say, Michelle, pause, feel your feelings, understanding what's happening, and then begin again. So pause, feel your feelings, begin again. It's like that whole thing all day long, pause, feel your feelings, and then begin again. Because the whole point of this, when Michelle talks about being grounded within yourself, it's really like, what's happening with me right now? I say this to myself probably 10 times a day, at least. Barb, what's going on with you right now? And I mean, I just, just starting to cultivate these healthy emotional habits. These for me are triggers. When I start becoming overwhelmed, I stop. Okay. What's happening for you right now, Barb? And so if we can start to actually cultivate, that's why I call these tools that we're going to share with you ways and tools that when we start to feel now, when I start to feel overwhelmed or I start to feel really impatient or worked up. I take a pause. Okay. What's going on? What can I do right now? And having these little tools in your toolbox or, or think of, here's what I also think about when, when I'm in a state of overwhelm or I'm in a state of impatience, impatience is my cue as well. Mm. I think about that as a movie reel, or these are reels in my brain. My my mind is like, oh my gosh, you're impatient. This isn't going to work. Oh, this is not okay. Oh my gosh, this is, look at the traffic. Look at what's happening around you. All those ways that I can feel really worked up. I think of it as a movie reel. Okay. Now change the reel, Barb. Change the reel. And changing the reel is, wait a minute, take a breath. Just pause. Just stop right now and just re, as you said, Michelle, recenter yourself, ground yourself again in this present moment, because you're worrying about the future or you're ruminating about the past. Something's happening for you to be all worked up. Control, ground- control. It's always control. And when you say grounded in yourself, what can I, what can I actually do and stop ruminating or stop obsessing about what I have no control over? So pause, breathe, feel your feelings. Start again.
1: And I will set up. She just rolled. No. No, we go ahead. Yeah. I was. No, go ahead. I don't want to run out of time
0: before we get to all of
1: our good juicy we ways. Won't, but I will say the perfect example of this happened.
0: Oh, she's going to, she's going to tell on me.
1: No, no, no. No, it's
0: okay. I'm kidding. You
1: teed me up for it. Uh-huh. With time.
0: Oh my gosh. That's my.
1: That is your.
0: Monumental teacher.
1: You, you really cannot stand to be late. And I, that's great. I think respecting people's time and respecting your own time is, is a virtue for sure. But you have a very deep seated, um, control and anxiety about being late. And the other day we were going to a dinner and I was meeting you at your house for this dinner. And I was calling you (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is so She's funny. just
1: leaning back.
0: No, I'm leaning back because it's so true. But th-
1: this is the perfect- No, I love it. It's, it's a perfect it's example. It's an encapsulation of everything you just said. Love it. It's true. We had, I knew what time the dinner was. I had an appointment right before. I was going to meet you at your house so that we could drive together. And I, t- I texted you on my way from my appointment that I was on my way. And you, something- Inside of you said that I was getting to your house later than you expected. And you really felt like we were going to be late. And I, I was confused because we had talked about this. So I, nothing had changed for me, but the control time demon barb had kicked in and you were not happy. And I could sense it with you. Cause I was like, I'm on my way. And you're like, well, how long is it going to take? We cannot be late. And we need to go. And I was like, I can meet you. And you were like, well, that's not going to help. And I said, but I do need to change my clothes really quickly. Well, this has been on the calendar. You knew we were going. And I'm like, I know we're, we're going to be fine. And um, I got to your house and we got in the car and we got there on time. And <laughs> it turns out <laughs> that you had the time wrong. And we were 30 minutes early anyways.
0: Yes. Very awkward. (laughs) we answered the door and you could tell by the look of the face, like, what are you doing here?
1: This is early. But in that 30 minutes that we had to wait because we were 30 minutes early, I could see you processing everything. And, you know, you were able to feel all of your feelings and you said, oh, you know, I really have reflected on all of the things that were coming up for me and I realized that I was reacting to the being late because of this that was happening from some another day and I really noticed that this thing that happened in work was bothering me and and I realized it was fueling my anxiety and it really wasn't about you being late um, but I was letting it come out sideways and I think that's I can't remember how I was going to wrap this all up in a bow but that was the perfect thing. The anxiety was coming up. You weren't having control, but when you had the time to reflect, you could see, oh, it was about this thing that was really fueling it or this, and it wasn't really what was happening. And it was like a full circle moment in a whole yeah. half an hour of time. Exactly.
0: And that's why it's so important to take the time to reflect and say, okay, what's going on with you? And that's what I did.
1: Yeah, that's what you I said. Asked myself, you said, what's, what's going, going on, on with me? me?
0: What's going on with me? But you left out a really important part that really got my attention. When you pulled in the driveway and said you needed to change your clothes on the phone. And then when you pulled in the driveway, you said, I'm here. I said, okay, come on in and change your clothes. He goes, no. You said, nope, I'm changing my clothes in the car in your driveway. I'm
1: like, what? You're doing what? I was trying to be faster. it was. So I said, you come out and I'll just keep changing in my car. It was
0: perfect though. It got my attention big time. Like, oh my gosh. This is all exploded so crazily that she feels like she's got to change her clothes in the car for the speed. Well, it's perfect. But also, so amazing. Also,
1: as we know, rewind back to like the first episode of this entire podcast, bridge demon barb. I knew we had to cross two bridges to get to where we were going. And in my mind, I was like, okay, I know we're not going to be late technically because we're leaving with enough time, but God forbid somehow the bridges go up. And I would be responsible for that. I was like i can't I know I can't control that." So I was like, I felt confident in our timing, but if Bridge Demon Barb came out, I don't know if I would be sitting here having this conversation because I'd be in the water under no, the bridge. You, you wouldn't I felt the fear of God of like, "There's bridges, Michelle. We can't catch the bridges." so. We made it on, we were 30 minutes early.
0: Well, I think why, why it's so important for you to tell this story, and it's very funny and it's very real that this is what happens in our lives. And maybe you you all listening don't have the same story, but we have these really, ridic- they seemingly ridiculous moments that, that, uh, you know, fire us up in a way that we don't even know what's happening inside of us, but we just keep pushing and we just keep going and I think what stopped it for me was you, t- what what really had me take a pause for sure was when you said you were changing your clothes in the car, you're sitting in my driveway, changing clothes in the car. So it's, we share this to, to say that if you're feeling overwhelmed and these things are happening, it's normal, this is life. And what we do about it though is what counts most. And we have to develop that awareness within ourselves and asking ourselves what's happening right now.
1: So, and that goes to show that we do fight because when you were saying, we've had this on the calendar, you knew what time I said, I know what time and I'm going to be on time. And you were, you know, still and I said, you're being crazy.
0: I was not having it. And I hung
1: up the phone. I was not having
0: it. So we want to share our favorite ways. (laughs) We want to share some of our favorite ways where we can actually alleviate our own suffering, our own sadness. Once we felt our feelings alleviate that, moment so that we can actually take an action, which will help us feel better and help other people feel better. Yes. So the first one is...
1: Wait, let's take one more break really quickly. Okay. So
0: the first one is one that I love the most. I mean, not the most, I love them all. But the first one is one that I think is really, really, really interesting of how it can shift... Everything for both of us, us and the person that we're with, is being fully present in conversations. So, choosing in that moment to just be present and let everything else go, looking the person in the eye, being engaged and being interactive, people love that feeling of care and consideration that you're giving them in that moment. And it really does shift the energy of what is happening for yourself in the world, what's happening for yourself in your personal life. And it's just a really beautiful way to be present with someone in the moment. So if you're on the phone with a friend, let's say, instead of being on the phone, walking around, doing the dishes, sending a text on your phone or being on your computer, just actually sit down on a chair and be with the person.
1: Well, I think it's interesting to ask yourself, how would your interactions look if you set an intention to actually be present? Like if I'm going to commit to going to lunch with a friend, what would that look like if I put my phone in my bag and didn't take it out um, the whole lunch? Or if I'm going for a walk with you, mom, what does that look like if I'm not on my phone? I think the phone is probably the biggest distraction for a lot of people. But what would your relate? how would your relationships feel if you felt like the people in your life were actually giving you their presence? And our presence is powerful. And when people are distracted, when we're with each other, Even if it's not an intentional, you know, dis or a way of being disrespectful, I think sometimes we discount how powerful other people's presence actually is in our lives. And when we can feel like the people that we're with are actually with us um, and being together in that way. I always feel a big shift when I feel connection with people that I'm with in that way.
0: Presence is our power. I love that, Michelle, because it's very, very, very true. You mentioned that we were on, on a trip recently. And when I gave this talk yesterday, when I showed up, one of my friends, she came running. Oh my gosh, I am so happy to see you. And she gave me the biggest hug and she didn't let go. Hmm. It was very emotional, heartfelt, and wonderful. I, I, I'm i talking about it today and this is 24 hours later It was so, she gave me her whole self in that moment with that hug. And she said, I really missed you. And I could feel that presence of her missing me. And I Mm -hmm. said, I missed you too. And it was just really a beautiful moment that took like what? A minute, two minutes, three minutes, whatever it was. And that's what we're trying to say. Those one little beautiful moments of giving one person all of your presence is powerful and it shifts everything. Definitely. And so the second one we have is being patient, being patient with others, being patient with yourself. Give yourself a little, I, we have a really dear friend that calls it a cushion because I always we say- We call it
1: cushion bar because I always, again, she hates to be late. So. And but I like to
0: have a cushion because I wanna, I know that if I don't have a cushion, it's a trigger for me maybe to ha- be impatient. So if you have difficulty with patience, give yourself a cushion Add a little bit of extra time wherever it is you have to go. We're getting into the season here in South Florida. Season gears up everywhere. here in November, December. So, it's, yeah, especially the season everywhere, of the holiday season. But give yourself a cushion if you feel like, don't, don't cut it to the wire knowing that, oh, it'll be okay if I make that extra stop or it'll be okay if I leave 10 minutes later. Because for me, it's why you call me a time demon. When I know that I don't have a cushion, I get impatient. So- give yourself that break of patience by offering yourself patience first of setting, setting yourself up for success in the patience category, because then you can actually show some patience to someone else.
1: And I think the other piece of patience is having understanding for other people that we're all kind of moving through life in different speeds and paces and, Again, we can't control things that happen. And so I think one of the biggest things with patience is we think that we can control how everything is gonna unfold around us in the timing that it does. You know, if I leave at this time, the bridge isn't gonna go up and I'm gonna get here at this time and I'm gonna have this time to do this. And life happens and you know, someone, you know, cuts you off and you you hit the bridge. And I think patience with other people is especially crucial because That's where we get that pent up rage about other people, you know, getting in your way or, you know, making you late for things. And, you know, we're all just doing the best we can and we're in grocery stores and lines at stores and everywhere and on the road. And there's just so many um, opportunities for us to exercise our patience. And really, I think if you get impatient with somebody in a situation that's truly not you know, make or break, take that pause before reacting and, and really just allowing yourself to breathe rather than, you know, knee jerk reacting and yelling or snapping at somebody because, you know, we're all, we're all out there trying to do stuff. Well, (laughs) and I think,
0: I think it's, it's really important to be kind and gentle with ourselves and really look at other people aren't ruining our day we're taking what other people are doing and we're allowing it to have that kind of an impact. So if we can really set ourselves up for success in the day of what do i need to do to mitigate any situations that could happen, we end up really being in a place of not having all of these frustrations and these other little things that happen during the day that really ruin the day. And well, impatience can ruin your day and thinking that other people have caused me to be impatient is a double whammy of ruining your day. You're already impatient. And now we're blaming other people. And then what else can we do? And then as, as it comes out sideways somewhere else.
1: Well, and it's an also an, another exercise and expectation because you can be as organized and have everything set up to go a certain way, to run a certain way and have that expectation that things are going to be perfect. But as we know, things happen, um, things happen. Yeah. And, I think patience and expectation of something going wrong and not going the way you want it. And then having that anger or frustration about it. It's like letting go of the expectation that things are going to go how we think, how we want them to. And if things don't go our way, or if someone's in front of you in line being slower than you want them to, you know, just, just knowing that you can handle the change in pace of life. And releasing those expectations.
0: Beautiful. And then the third way, beautiful way that we are offering loving kindness is by just sending a loving message or text or email or phone call just because. This I, one's
1: one of my favorites.
0: I, I, you know what? I think it is one of your favorites and you do it often. I feel like recently I sent a text to someone and I said, I'm thinking of you. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I love you. And the response I got back was overwhelming. Um, she said she was crying. So I, I believe that I believe that if we just took a moment, so how long would that take to send that text or make that quick little phone call? Uh, we have the luxury now of technology, so we don't yeah. have to make the phone call. You know, it might be nice to make the phone call, but we don't have to. Sending the little message just out of the blue, just because.
1: Thoughtfulness really means a lot to me. And when I th- think that people in my life go to any sort of length or degree to do something thoughtful for me even just like sending a text or a message or getting a card in the mail or anything like that really means a lot to me and i know that we're all so busy in all of our lives taking care of all of our responsibilities and sometimes it's just not possible to take the trip to see your best friend who lives across the country or to be on a long phone call or to you know do any of those things that i think are the typical, what we think of when sending love to our loved ones. But I think there are these simple ways that we can check in with people and just, you know, let them know that, that they're in our minds and in our hearts and that's really genuine. And I think that, that little, those little actions I think go a long way, at least for me. I appreciate it a lot.
0: Yeah. I think we all do Michelle. So just for a moment, take that in for a second as you're listening to this, what, well, what does that mean for you? Like get into your heart for a second. What does that mean to you when someone sends you a message that they're thinking of you? It's really powerful. It, it, it almost brings tears to my eyes because it's really powerful when you get a message like that, I'm thinking of you, I'm hoping you're having a beautiful day or whatever it is. So, and it takes no time to do that. And it's such a beautiful way to share loving kindness and to shift the energy of what might be happening in in your day or what other I, people's days.
1: I think too, um, sometimes we get bogged down and overwhelmed by like the grand gestures of things in friendships and relationships like birthdays and holidays and, you know, gifts and all of that. I do. I, I'm more of a person, like if I see something in a store that reminds me of someone, I'm going to buy it and give it to them in that moment because I get overwhelmed with, you know, the, the holidays. And so if you're like me, Start to just go with it when you see something that reminds you of someone like acting on it or if someone pops into your mind, act on it. You don't have to wait for the big holidays or celebrations or vacations to let people in your life know that you care about them.
0: Love that, Michelle. Moving on. Yes, and our next way is running an errand or completing a task for a loved one who feels stretched, overstretched, frazzled, yeah. whatever it is. If, if there's someone in your life that, you know is probably trying really, really hard to keep it together, just give them a call and say, or even just stop by and drop it off. Hey, I dropped off. I was, before I went, well, you and I went on this trip, I was in a, um, in a supermarket and I've, they have a really beautiful flower department and I bought flowers for this couple who are really dear friends of mine and I know that they're struggling a little bit health-wise. And so I bought flowers and I took them to the front porch, put a little card on it, And it just said, I was thinking of you today and hope these flowers can brighten your day. So any little thing like that or running an errand or completing a task for a loved one, anything that you can think of that might alleviate the pressure of something that they need to do and they have to get done before the day's over or before the week's over.
1: This is a big one between the two of us. I feel like we do this often. I get overwhelmed and you say, what can I do for you? And it's like, oh, can you go drop this off at the post office or vice versa. I say, what can I do? And, oh, can you go pick this up for me? Um,
0: I think I do ask you that almost every day. What could I do for you today?
1: And I ask you. Yeah. Oh no, I know. (laughs) No, you
0: do. I think that's something between us because especially if life is feeling-
1: Food, coffee, Mm -hmm. all of the things. All the
0: things. And the next one is communicating your needs with people around you and allowing them to do the same. Being honest, being your true self. Just saying, I mean, I've said that to you so many times, Michelle, and there are other people in my life that I say to, "Look, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not having the best day right now today. I need a little bit of space, or I need, could you go do this for me, or could I cancel this, whatever it was that we were going to be doing, or just allowing yourself to be free to say how you're feeling, because oftentimes when I say how I'm feeling, especially when you and I are in a conversation about it, I'll say how I'm feeling, you'll say, well. What what could I do to help? And just having the conversation usually means we don't have to cancel, but sometimes we do. So really communicating your needs and then allowing other people to do the same.
1: Yeah, a big one. Communication is key.
0: And this is a huge one too. Honoring your boundaries that make you feel safe and whole and doing the same for others. Really understanding where your limits are and being okay with that, not thinking that you gotta press forward and you gotta do something outside of the ordinary because people expect it of you just really understanding what it is that you can do in this moment. And sometimes it's nothing. It's just really sitting down and relaxing and allowing yourself to just be.
1: Yeah. No one knows what it's like to live your life. You're the only one, you know, how you feel, you know, how things affect you, you know, what you need to be whole and, everyone's boundaries look different. And so what do you need day in and day out? What, what boundaries do you need to set for yourself? That'll help you because I really feel like in this day with so much going on and this is the next one. So it ties in nicely. There is so much judgment about how we show up for life and for the world and for challenges and difficulty and suffering. And We're all different. We all show up in different ways. So you know you best. Nobody knows you like you. So advocate for yourself and know what you need so that you can be that person in the world that you want to show up as.
0: Yeah. And remember what we're sharing with you today are our favorite ways of spreading loving kindness, spreading loving kindness for ourselves, spreading love and kindness for others. So if we can actually... uh stick with our boundaries and know what it is that we need and know what it is that we feel and release the judgments. That's sharing loving kindness with other people. Because when we start to get judgmental or we start to cross the boundaries and do things that we don't want to do or that are harming us or that are making us feel completely out of energy or out of gas really for the day, that's, that's not sharing loving kindness because it's, it's affecting other people with our energy when we're doing things that are not in our best interests or that are are affecting our emotional well being. Mm-hmm. So, judgments and boundaries and all of that, if you can eliminate that to the best of your ability on a daily basis, that is loving kindness for yourself and others.
1: Yeah, and releasing those judgments for how other people show up, it's a big one right now. And I think so many of us write stories about how other people are handling difficulties based on what we see online and just remembering that social media and the online world is not the full story of life and again we all show up in how in the ways that we're capable and i there is just there's so much bad happening and there's so much suffering and there's so much difficulty and it's it's heavy it's so so heavy but having judgments for other people just adds on to that and it's like I can control myself and how I show up. And, you know, if I'm on my deathbed and I didn't show up in the way that was aligned with myself, like I'll have to deal with that for myself, but we don't need to be judging other people for their, um, for their presence. And we have to just hope that we're all just doing the best that we can. And some of us, some people are struggling, you know, we all, Life is just, it's difficult. We all have different paths and challenges. And I just don't think that the judgment that we hold against other people is helpful in, in these times.
0: Well, it's not helpful for ourselves and it's not helpful for others. And it makes the situation home a whole lot more difficult and makes it worse for sure. And this next one, is, it happened for me recently. I was in the Starbucks drive through line and I got to the window to pay for my order and pay for my coffee. And the person said, the car in front of you bought your your coffee.
1: It's always so nice when that happens.
0: And you know, we hear that happening from time to time, everywhere on social media or from people telling us, but it really is like, I that stuck with me the whole day. I remember I told you right away, you know what, somebody bought my coffee. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's such a, I feel like it's such a small thing to do, but we just don't think about doing it. Um, It's fun. Yeah. It was fun. And you know, I think the other thing is, especially now that we're in the holidays and we know people are suffering and stuff, go buy a toy for the toy drive or, you know, send, send a card or do something to get yourself outside of yourself and do something small like that to help other people.
1: I really do think those small acts of kindness mean a lot. And it's, it's that same thoughtfulness of knowing someone cares enough to get you a coffee or chip in for your, bills or whatever might be going on, those little actions really add up. And the next one is showing and
0: expressing your appreciation and gratitude for the people around you, for service workers, for healthcare workers, for our loved ones, for retail employees, any showing gratitude. I I start my day every day before I step out of bed and say, thank you for the gift of this new day. And so I really feel like if we can begin the day feeling grateful ourselves, we are more apt to be sharing that gratitude with others. And I have been for the past I've been for the past year at, at least. There's something about the word appreciation that really touches my heart deeply. And so I said I say it quite often to people I appreciate you.
1: I love it when you do that.
0: And it it just feels, I don't know, appreciation really touches me when someone is doing something. It doesn't mean they're doing anything extraordinary. They're just doing their job in most instances. You know, when a cashier hands me my change back at the grocery store or whatever, I'll say, have a great day. I appreciate you. So just finding your own way to express the gratitude and appreciation is a huge way of getting you into a place of not feeling so overwhelmed.
1: Yeah. And I think expressing and sharing kindness for the people that are, you know, helping us to, to live, to do our stuff, you know employee, retail employees, especially as the holidays come up, healthcare, service workers, like everyone is kind of pitching in to help our society run. And we should be grateful for the people that do that for us.
0: I happened to be leaving my driveway recently. And as I was walking out the door to get in my car, the, the two guys were picking up the garbage that day. And so I went back in the house. I got a little bit of money and I was chasing them down the street and he jumped off the back of the truck. He goes, everything okay, ma'am? And I said, yes, here. I just want you to know I appreciate you. So sweet. So it's it just, I think what I'm saying with this whole situation that I've been trying to do is follow your heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: in Because these things present themselves and we're not aware of them most of the time. Like that, my heart said, "You never, you never give anything to the people picking up your garbage. This is really sweet that they do this every day. Even though they're being paid for it, it's still... I really appreciate them. Mm
1: -hmm. Appreciation is a beautiful sentiment.
0: And then the last one on our list that's really, really important is taking care of and honoring your own needs. Really understanding what you need, what you can do, what you can take, what you can't take so that you have the energy and the space to be able to be there when you're needed for others or just to be there Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: that you don't even have to be needed or have to be doing something, but just to be there so that you can you know, kind of regroup your own energy, regroup your own uh, sense of self-groundedness that you talk about, Michelle, a lot. That idea of like being fully present because I am not afraid to talk about what it is that I need or I'm not afraid to ask for what I need and being aware of what I need. Showing loving kindness for yourself.
1: Yes, absolutely. And lastly, I just want to add in that I think all of these that we've talked about are such a great way to be that positive life raft in the world. But I think too, I was thinking as we were talking this whole time about that Glennon Doyle quote about purpose and, and suffering and difficulty where she says, um, find what breaks your heart and that will be your purpose. And I think there's no shortage of suffering and things that break our heart, but we can't fix everything. Obviously we can't, save the world ourselves. So if you're finding that there's so many things that are really troubling you, see what's really pulling at your heartstrings and and find a way to help that cause in whatever small way that you can. Um, I think that's a great way to counteract that apathy that can happen when we're just so overwhelmed with um, difficulty. And so if there's you know, some way that you can get involved or take an action or to just become more educated about something that's really troubling you. um, That can also help you to feel less helpless and hopeless.
0: Yes. And knowing that just smiling at someone today will make your day and will make your day. It will make your day. (laughs) will make your day and make their day. And I love you very much, Michelle. And I I love all of you. Thank you for being with us today and thank you for giving us your full presence on this episode. Um, it it means the world to us and wishing you all a beautiful day.
1: Yeah. I didn't expect for this episode to go so long, I but know. we have a full, full episode. So yeah. thank you so much for sticking with us um, as always.
0: And just know we appreciate you.
1: We appreciate all of you. So thank you so much for listening and being a part of the BKB community. We truly are grateful for all of you. Um, this show wouldn't be a show without our listeners. If you haven't yet, make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, so that you are up to date on every new drop. And as you know, we often take podcast topic requests. So the best way to do that is make sure that you are connected with us on social media at peaceful barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod. That's the best way to send in a topic you'd like to hear us chat about. Um, lastly, if you haven't yet and you're enjoying the show, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and Spotify and leave a review that is really, really helpful for us. And we are so appreciative of any, everyone that takes the time to do so. Lastly, the holiday season is rapidly approaching and we're going to be having lots of fun offerings in the near future. So make sure that you are staying tuned and listening. (laughs) thank you so much again for listening thank you mom and we will chat with you all next week because as we know barb knows best bye